to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. When a person comes to Christ and becomes a new creation, there's a whole new sense of purpose. Now, oh, life has meaning. Oh, I'm here for a reason. I'm not here. This isn't an accident that I'm here. And it's not an accident that I'm here at this time. I'm here at this time because God has a purpose for my life. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Galatians. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on Galatians chapter 6, verses 11 through 18 in a message titled, A New Creation. Now, here's Pastor Brian. See, when I used to see the world through the lens of my sinful nature, then that's how I saw it. But now that I view the world through the new nature and God's word, I see things differently. Now, this is one of the reasons why people just don't get us once we become Christians. Because they don't, they, they can't, it's like they can't get it. It's like, what do you mean? What do you mean God talks to you? That's ridiculous. What do you mean you're not going to have sex before marriage? What, what's the matter with you? Everybody does that. You're supposed to do that, right? So, you know, in our world, we, we become a, a real enigma to people when our thinking changes. But that's what happens. We get a new understanding, which then leads to a new lifestyle. If I've got a new nature with a new understanding, a new worldview, then that's going to change the way I live, right? It changes my behavior because now I understand that my previous behavior, that some of that was wrong and it was unpleasing to God. And plus now God has put his nature in me. So since God's nature is in me, then God does not do these things or delight in these things. He doesn't take pleasure in these things. So that very new nature is going to be causing me to have a change of behavior. But not just behavior. I want to broaden it to just more of a lifestyle change. That's what happens when you become a follower of Jesus. When you become a new creation, you have a lifestyle change. And you have different desires that develop. And you have different interests. And things that you formerly were interested in and maybe even really passionate about and, and dedicated to, you know, those things are just not, you're just not there anymore. And things that you would have never dreamed that you would be passionate about, suddenly you're passionate about these things. You're passionate about the Bible. You want to read the Bible. You want to understand what the Bible says. Before, the Bible was like, what? Why would anybody read the Bible? But now you're like, no, I, I, I just, you know, no, I, sorry, I'm not going to go. Won't be able to meet you tonight for the party. I'm going to stay home and read my Bible. People are like, what? Why would you do that? That's nuts. But you see, that's the lifestyle change that happens. Or instead of, you know, going and doing this one thing that, that we did, you know, uh, no, I'm, I'm going to go, 
uh, meet with the, the believers. I'm, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go to an event where the Christians are. And your lifestyle changes. Your, your interests change. This is what happens. And like I said, and like you know, and maybe some of you are even experiencing this right now, your, your peers, your friends, the people that you were formerly closely connected with, they just like think, man, you, something's happened. You've just gotten way, way too weird. And yet for you, it's just so obvious that this is the, the life that, that I'm supposed to live because this is just where my interests are now. I'm no longer interested in those things. And so we have the, the change of lifestyle. We, we're given new affections is what it comes down to. The things I used to love, I don't love anymore. And things that I never imagined loving, those are the things I love. I used to love myself mainly, and I proved that by everything revolving around myself. And everything was meant to, in the end, please me or promote me or, you know, whatever it might have been. But now my affection is for Christ. And I want to glorify him. And I want my life to make a difference in the exaltation of, of who he is. And as Paul would say to the Colossians, he actually exhorted them, set your affection on things above, not on the things of the earth. For you died with Christ, and now your life is hidden in Christ, with God. And when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then we shall also appear with him in glory. Therefore, mortify, put to death the deeds of the body. And he goes on, he talks about, you know, fornication and, and deceit and, and those kinds of things. But it's a change in affection. So my affections are no longer for the things of the earth. It's, it's not really the things in the world that, that I used to be so passionate about, that I used to be so devoted to, that I used to be so wrapped up in as part of, you know, this is, this is who I am and this is what I have to have. Uh, that all changes. I have now new affections. My affections are for the things of heaven. There's that great hymn that speaks of Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of the earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. That's what happens. When you realize who Christ is and you begin to see him in his glory, you know, that's your heart is there. And the earth, you're like, ah, you know, I, I, I don't really, just not, I'm just not into that anymore. And it's not even necessarily, you know, sinful stuff. It's obviously sinful stuff, but it can be so many other things. The things that you were once so passionate about, the things that you once lived for, the things you once couldn't even imagine not being devoted to or, or in pursuit of. It's just kind of like, well, you know, not really into that anymore. Our affections change. We have new affection we have, of course, a new purpose. As a new creation, God gives us a new purpose. He actually begins to reveal to us what the purpose of our lives is. This is life. We go through life outside of Christ without 
understanding our purpose. So many people, especially in our Western world where we have oh, kind of had the best of times and the best of things, how is it that people who are so full of material things and you know, affluence and all of that, how, how is it that so many are at that place where they're just like, you know, life is meaningless. There, there's, and there's just no purpose in life. Well, that's just, just showing us that the things that people are so often striving for and thinking that they're going to find fulfillment through, they, those things never really can do it. But when a person comes to Christ and it becomes a new creation, there's a whole new sense of purpose. Now, oh, oh, life has meaning. Oh, I'm here for a reason. I'm not here. This isn't an accident that I'm here. And it's not an accident that I'm here at this time. I'm here at this time because God has a purpose for my life. And it's only when we discover that there is a purpose for our lives that we can then experience fulfillment. You see, I'm fulfilled through the realization that my life does have meaning, that there is a purpose. And as I walk in that purpose, as I live that out, that's where fulfillment comes. That's where contentment comes from. You know, everybody's running around trying to find fulfillment. Everybody's running around trying to find significance. Everybody has this, it's, it's like a thirst, but it's not for H2O. It's for something beyond that. It's, it's for, well, Jesus put it this way. It's for living water. And Jesus said that to a, a woman. Remember in John chapter 4, where Jesus speaks to this woman at the well, and he's talking to her about water. He knows that this woman is thirsting for significance. He knows that she's thirsting for fulfillment. He asks her for a drink of water to start the conversation. And she goes into all kinds of explanations about the well is deep and all of this kind of stuff. And, and Jesus says, if you knew who I was, and if you knew the gift of God, you would ask me and I would give you living water. See, Jesus knew that this woman was thirsting for fulfillment. She was thirsting for significance. And we know that she was when, as Jesus carries on with her, and he says, at a certain point, he says, go call your husband. She says, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. You've had five husbands. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. See, Jesus put the finger on that thing that was her thirst. She was thirsting for significance. She was thirsting for fulfillment. She was thirsting for acceptance. She was thirsting for meaning. And she thought that men were going to do that for her, but they hadn't. Jesus said, I will give you living water. And that's what happens in this new life in Christ. We come to understand our purpose. We come to know that we are significant. We come to understand that life does have meaning and it's all wrapped up in the person of Christ. And so it's through pursuing the purposes that God has for us that we find the fulfillment that eludes us apart from that. 
but there's also along with this, there's a new power. You see, what's happened is God, as we've already pointed out, in, in God giving me a, a new nature, what he's actually done, is, as I said earlier, is he's put his nature in me, which gives me the power now to do the things that God has called me to do. It gives me the power to resist the things that are contrary to God's will for my life. So I have this new power. I have this victory over the things that used to keep me in bondage and dominate my life. I have a victory over that, and I have a power to move forward and to actually do the things that God has ordained for me to do. And so there's a new power, and finally, we have a new destiny. We have a new destiny, and that new destiny is to be with Christ in glory, in the fullness of his kingdom. And because that's our new destiny, we're not all hung up with or bogged down in the present life because we know that the present life is brief, like a vapor that appears for a moment and then passes, but we are keeping our lives for the future. We have a certain future. We have a certain Destiny, and that destiny is to be with Christ forever in his glorious kingdom. And I was, my sons and I were out yesterday, my oldest son's here. So, him and my younger son, we were together, we were having coffee, we were talking, and we were talking about um, my, my youngest son was telling us about a friend who he's been having a conversation with who. Just, you know, for him, it's like, you know, I look like the whole idea of heaven and stuff. I, I'm not really interested in that. You know, it just seems boring to me. And my son was telling us, my youngest son, that when, you know, when he was younger and people were trying to explain to him why he really did want to go to heaven because, you know, it's going to be so great. And then the explanation is like, we're going to sing and we're going to worship and it's going to be wonderful. And he's like, well, yeah, that still doesn't sound that great to me. He's being very honest. And so it brought us around to talking about how we, as human beings, we can take something so magnificently glorious and because of our lack of understanding or our lack of imagination or whatever, we can reduce it to being something boring. And it just makes me think, you know, let's just think about heaven for a moment. Because still, for some people, you say, well, you know, do you want to go to heaven or hell? I mean, you know, you hear people today say all the crazy things. I want to go to hell, man. That's where all my friends are going to be. They're going to party in hell. Heaven is going to be boring. Well, let's just say right now that, that none of that is a reality. <laughs> Not going to have any friends in hell, okay? There's no friendship there. And there's certainly no party there. But, you know, people say, well, you know, the alternative is, is you know, heaven and boring and uh, you know, that sort of thing. Listen, just think about this. Think about the earth and all of the magnificence of the world. And just think of, you know, as wonderful as the world is. And, and I mean, let's just take human influence out of it. You know, there's many great cities and buildings and all of those kinds of, that's good. But let's just strip the world of all of that right now. And let's just think about it in, as just as it was originally created just the, the beauty of nature, all of that sort of stuff. And, and it's magnificent, right? I mean, I've seen some really 
amazing cities and buildings in my lifetime, but none of those things compare to some of the, just what we, we call like a natural landscape. None of that compares to, you know, what you might see in an island in the South Pacific or what you might see, you know, in a forest in South America or, you know, wherever. I mean, if, you know, just you name the spot. I mean, there are obviously some absolutely majestic places in the world and there are some amazing things, you know, animals, creatures, food, fruit, all of that kind of stuff. Okay, so take that. You think heaven is going to be less than that? No, take all the glory of that. And, and of course, we are even experiencing it under a curse from sin. But, you know, if you remove the curse of sin, my goodness, what would it be like then? You have all the animals and everything. Well, listen, the future that God has for us is obviously better than the present. And I think I could safely say that it is infinitely better. So do not think about heaven as some boring place that you're going to just have to sit around and worship and, oh, you know, that's going to get old. For one, when we see God in his glory, I do think that just worshiping him forever will not be anything that we would be disappointed in. But setting that aside, just the, the, the new creation. You know, the Bible says that God is going to make a new heaven and a new earth. It's going to last forever. So if this current, present heaven and earth, this present universe, if it's as glorious as it is, the, the new one is going to exceed it immensely. So that's our destiny. We have a new destiny. And that's because we are a new creation in Christ. So, as I said, I'm going to close with a reminder. This is not something you have to work at. This is something that you are. If you're a believer in Jesus today. Now, if you're not a believer in Jesus in the sense that you've never personally received Christ, then you are not yet a new creation. And maybe you're trying to be good. You know, before I became a new creation in the sense of, you know, receiving Christ and becoming a, a, a Christian in the biblical sense, you know what I tried to do? I tried to be good. I gave it the good old college try, you know, to try to be a good person, a moral person, an upright person, a kind person, a generous person, all of that. And, you know, I, I would have a little bit of success, but there was always a setback. And it seemed like I would just get like one area where I thought, man, you know, I am actually doing pretty good. And then, oh, this other area over here was a mess, though. Could just never bring it together. And I was trying to be nicer, and I was trying to keep the things I read in the Bible. This is the way you ought to be toward other people. And I was trying to do that. I was, I was even, you know, going to church a little bit, thinking, okay. But, you know, none of, none of it worked. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you've been trying. But what you need is you need to work from the inside out. You need to open your heart and let Christ in. He'll make you a new creation. And all of that stuff will then begin to flow from your life. But this is who we are in Christ. 
we are a new creation. And as Paul says here, and like I said earlier, he sums up really the whole argument in this one sentence. It's not about circumcision. It's not about uncircumcision. It's not about religion. It's, it's not about morality. It's not about that stuff. It's about a new creation. That's what God wants to do. And you see, we ought to be an enigma to the world. We ought to be an enigma both to the religious and to the non-religious. They ought to look at us and go, wait, this person doesn't fit into either one of these categories. Because it's not about that. It's about a new creation. And through Christ, if anyone is in Christ, they are an altogether new creation. So let that new life that's in you Here's the deal. We're just letting that permeate us. We're letting that take us over entirely. And then as that is permeating our lives and taking us over, then of course, that's what's coming out of our lives. So that's how it works. Now, the very last words of Paul here are, I believe, irony. Even though this is a common way Paul ends his letters, I think for the Galatians, there's a bit of irony in this last statement. Because remember, the whole argument here has been about grace and law, or law and grace, as they've tried to substitute grace with the law. And here Paul says, brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. It's almost like I said, he's like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to tell you one final time. It's about grace. There, there is no, there's no more argument. I, I'm going to leave you with the very thing that you've been letting slip through your fingers. I'm going to just point you back there one more time and just leave it as the final word the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. That's how it all works. That's how it all happens. Like I said, it's the theme of the New Testament. It's the grace of God. God saving us, blessing us, keeping us all through our simple faith in Christ. We've trusted him. And now... God's grace is doing the rest. So let's not forget that ourselves and let's rest in that grace of our Lord Jesus Christ being with us, being with our spirit. For the month of June, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled The Myth of Coincidence by John Bonner. Coincidence, do things in life simply happen by chance? Or is there actually a loving God behind the scenes who is weaving His goodness into the details of our lives? Well, in his book, The Myth of Coincidence, John Bonner testifies of the God who uses our failures, weaknesses, and tragedies to intentionally create a life of fruitfulness. If you want to be encouraged that this same God is working in your life in purposeful ways, this book will remind you that God is indeed at work in your life too. 
So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com to order The Myth of Coincidence by John Bonner. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you this book as our way to say thank you. We do appreciate your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we begin a new series in the book of Revelation. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California. Hi, this is Cheryl and Brian Broderson. And we wanted to tell you that we're going to Israel in October 2022. And we want you there with us. Yeah, the dates are October 23rd through November 4th. And this is going to be a tremendous trip. Cheryl, what's your favorite thing about Israel? I love the Galilee, but Brian... You and I both know there's so much because we love watching the Bible come alive, whether you're at Tel Aviv or you're at Jerusalem or Caesarea. Yep. Or Mount Mount Carmel. Carmel. Yes. We are so excited about this Israel trip because we absolutely love going to Israel. So we'd love to have you join us October 23rd through November 4th, 2022. And you can find more information at israel.cccm.com. We'd love to have you join us.